Gentles and armagers, ladies and lords, and all those who make their own definitions, I'm your host, Baron Andreas, and welcome back to this, the third episode of the MK Storycast. Sometimes we have songs, sometimes we have interviews. Mostly, though, our focus will be on the Midrealm and SCA history stories, usually told by the people who were there at the time. Think you might have a story to tell? At the end of each episode, we talk about how to reach out to us to schedule a recording session. And before I get started, I want to send our deepest condolences to Lady Morgan Shewolf, as well as Baron Gareth Oswesley, Baroness Hilary of Langford, and all of the household of Sir Galem Lionel Oswesley, who passed away on August 26th. Sir Galem was a beloved member of the Midlands community and a founding member of the Shire, now Canton, of Foxvale, where the MK Storycast is based out of. Our best wishes to Lady Morgan, and the MK Storycast will have a number of tales about Sir Galem in the coming months. So this episode is late. I did a thing that I work really hard not to do these days, which is overcommit. What I forgot was to include buffer. And when some things, like the work that pays me, become urgent, unexpectedly something had to give. And this month it was the Storycast. I apologize and I will strive to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Now this month we will have more stories from Simple Day, as well as a story recorded back at MK50 year that's been waiting to be told. Bredelwyn plays his harp. Cambrita tells her story about her favorite SCA moment. Thomas and Brigitte tell the mostly agreed-upon story of their engagement at one of the very first St. Valentine's Day massacres. Master Sigulf talks about his early days. Caristonia gives us reasons to be impressed with her daughter. And Lady Saradwin talks about coming an SCA elder. These are the everyday tales of people, just like you and I, who live in the same SCA that we do, but see it in a different light. The SCA is a collective dream that we all have, and when you listen to this podcast, you help keep it alive. So thank you. All righty. My SCA name is Sigulf Karlnar, and I've been in the SCA, this is 2019, so not quite 40 years. Um, I'm from uh, Lafayette, Indiana, which is the Barony of Rivenstar. And my story is how I found out about the SCA and joined. I was a, a, a student at the time at Purdue University. And Purdue University, the first week or so in, in the, at the start of the fall semester, they have what's, what used to be called the, uh, I don't even remember it now, but all the clubs at Purdue can have a table and and basically try to attract members so i was it was it was rainy so instead of being outside like it normally was it was inside at one of the uh one of the 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 grand ballrooms at, at, at purdue so as i'm going in to the ballroom right next to the the doorway there's this table and there's this guy in armor and it's pretty cool so I walked in and I looked at it and I'm like, I'll be back. So I do the big loop. And as I come back, there's this guy standing there whose name I later found out was Moonwolf. And he's standing there and said, you know, he's got this, he's got this helmet on. Or sitting on the table and he goes, hey, do you want to try this helmet on? This is some of our armor. This is what we, you know, we, we fight in. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And I put it on and he goes, well, we hit each other with swords. Do you want to? Do you want to get hit with a sword? He said, "I'll hit you in the helmet since you're wearing a helmet." 
I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So he goes, okay, one, two, three, bam, hits me in the head. And I, you know, it rocks me back a little bit. And I said, do that again. <laughs> so he goes, okay, one, two, three, bam, hits me, you know, right, right, you know, right across the face. Just, just a right at eye level, perfect kill shot. So I said, I, I like this group. So I took the helmet off and talked and stuff and I eventually, you know, they had weekly meetings and, and practices and things like that. The amusing thing is, is that the helmet they were using is now my helmet because, because Sir Emmerich, uh, when Vendel the Diversified, got, decided to get a different helmet. So he sold that helmet to me for 35 bucks and I've had it for almost 40 years. And it, it's, it's still, you know, it's, it's 16 gauge, it passes, I used to fight in it. Um, and Wolf said, yeah, when you said do that again, I knew you were hooked. <laughs> so yeah, my first event was a crown tourney. <laughs> and this was in like 1980, or just right before that. And uh, went, some of the people in the group, you know, I went and paid for material and they made me a pair of pants and a, and a tea tunic and we went. I had no clue what it was going to be like. I figured, oh, well, you know, I can go and I can just get a ticket there for, for feast. Yeah, no chance in hell. <laughs> but we were on our way and someone in the car said, so you've got feast gear, right? Uh, no. So... We, when we were at the next, next gas station we stopped at, I bought what I figured was totally workable feast gear, which was like about a 10 inch plastic plate that said Star Wars and it had pictures of, of, of everyone on it and a, a little bowl and a little essentially juice glass. Yeah. And yeah, when we got there, we found out, yeah, there were absolutely no feast tickets available. Imagine that for a crown tourney. So uh, we went out, for, I went out for pizza. We went to Pizza Hut. Five honor tradition. Yeah, we were just as happy. So yeah, and that was the, uh, that was the event that, that now Sir Grodd was, was, uh, um, made a made a night he was put on vigil and i think they actually did it that night too so who won that crowd tourney i have no freaking idea <laughs> not a clue i'd have to go back it was it was a fall crown fall crown yeah 1980 i'm sure one of our Seven, 79 or 80 right around in there yeah all right but yeah sir sir grod Grandris was was made was made a night at least put on vigil, so that shouldn't be too hard to find. Nope, sure I don't even remember who the king was, because <laughs> it was it was my first event. I was just like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't. I was just starting practicing and stuff. Hello, I am uh, Baroness Cambreda the Quiet, Baroness of the Court. Um, I started in the SCA when uh, Moonwolf and Tsarina were king and queen the first time. Um, 
My favorite moment in the SCA was, I think, around, it was either Pensac 10 or Pensac 11. And it was the last night of Pensac. And I was looking out across the fields with all the lights only being torches and a mist came up over the grounds. And it was probably the most peaceful moment that I have ever had probably in my entire life. It was just gorgeous to look out across Pensac with all the people being happy, with the mist, with the lights. It was just a fantastic time. Um, the other story I have is much more humorous in that I was at one of the maidens and I was sitting off to the side and a young man came by and he had a guitar, pulled the guitar down and gave him, started singing a lovely ballad. And when he was finished, he said, so Takaya, did you like my song? And I said, well, it was very lovely. However, I am not Takaya. At which point he threw his guitar back over his shoulder and left. Nice. <laughs> Why he thought I looked like Takaya, I'm really not sure, except we both had dark hair and were fairly on the slender side. But uh, that was an entertaining moment. I have known our next storyteller for nearly 30 years, and she was an SCA veteran when I was still figuring out the difference between a greatsword and a rapier. Here she talks about how getting older has given her new perspectives on the SCA and her role in it. Hi, my name is Sarah Dwayne Ariandolin. I joined the Society for Crave Anachronism on Thursday, September 29th, 1977, as a junior at Kent State University. Um, and my very first event was only two weeks later, and that was the coronation of Their Majesties Marilyn and Kirsten up in the then March of the Clefflands. And that event kind of really convinced me to stick around because there was all the panoply and pageantry, and I didn't know a soul. I was a stranger to these people, but I could not believe the warm embrace that everyone gave me at this event and how they welcomed me into their company and taught me a whole bunch of things. and. Um, it was just an amazing experience, and so, you know, fast forward a few months, and then there was the Pensac War the next summer, um, and that was in 1978, and it was Pensac 7, and one of the traditions, long gone now, because we're so way too big, was the fact that if you were a Pensac virgin, quote-unquote, or a newcomer, you got what was called the Brass Hat Tour, and you were introduced to all the royals. And I was introduced to Dugdagan and Garagon, who later became my pelican, who's now sadly deceased. I was introduced, I only knew um, Duke uh, Andrew Seldomus at that point. I was introduced to uh, Berenger Hengaudi, uh, Ursa Berenger. I was introduced to um, uh, King Moonwolf at that point, he was our, our mid-realm king. And it's funny how, looking back on all these, these led to lifelong friendships. So long ago, I lifelong friends with Moonwolf, I was friends with Dog and Elaine until he passed away, and Andrew likewise, still friends with Fromm, Berenger until he passed away, 
and it's being at this event here at Midland 50th, it's, it's, it's both intensely joyful because I'm reveling in the great history of our kingdom, and it's a little bit heartrending as well, realizing that there are people who aren't with us. But it's, it's a total joy to be here at an event like this, to experience all the friendships I've made over the years, people who've come back for this event and to see them again and to share all the funny stories and share all the, the you know, way back when stories. And it's, it's just been such a treat to be here. And, and yes, I feel like a little bit of a dinosaur, but that's okay. And I'm, I'm realizing now that the people who were my mentors, many of whom are gone now, um, now it's my turn to sort of be the one to pass everything on and pass everything, all my knowledge and all my information, onto newer generations. And so I have the joy of now being a so-called elder in the society whose obligation it is to teach and to pass things on. The good Lord willing, I'll still be around another 10, 20 years, but you can never bank on that. And so my job now is a somewhat retired scribe, as an archer, and as somebody who's just been doing this for a long time, whenever I find someone fairly new, I give them everything I have in the way of information, I let them run with it, I tell them, you know, here's, you want to stay in touch, you're going to contact me, and it's, it's really kind of a neat feeling to be in that unique role of gray-haired elder, to be responsible for the, the passing on of our, our history and our information. There are stories that are still yet to be told. There are stories to be made. There are stories that will continue to be made. There are stories that we, we are obliged to pass on. So none of us ever forgets any of this. And um, it's just been such a joy to be able to travel all around the society. I've been to events as far away as South Florida and out to Saskatoon and way up into New England. I've traveled all over the known world and I've met people from every corner of this known world. And that's just been a real treat to get, get out and see the society, not only just in our kingdom, but other kingdoms, and see what do they do, how do they do it, what's their tradition, what are their customs, what is their sort of anthropology. That's a lot of fun to, to sort of study that and find out what they do and how they do it. So. Uh, now, now, like I said, it's, it's my job to sort of take my accumulated knowledge and pass it on to the next generation so that these things will never, ever be forgotten. I am Thomas von Langenfeld. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I am Bridget of Perth. And we are members of the Lost Barony of Mary Holt. And otherwise in the uh, household of Sark Anderson. So there we are at Valentine's Day Massacre, 1981. During the reign, no, 82. 82. During the reign of Moonwolf and Takaya. Court's been going along fine. I am the Dragon Herald. All is going well. When a young lady approaches the throne, you see, Wolf, oh God, what's this? At which point she says, Your Majesty, a gentleman has toyed with my affections. At which point, and she's telling you this actually to Takaya. Yes. A young lord has toyed with my affections. At <laughs> which point, uh, his majesty stands up and says, Who is this man? If he is married, 
He will be killed, and if he is not, he will be... He will be engaged by this By the end of the evening. At which point, this young lady says... He is, he is, he is your squire, the Dragon Herald. At which point, (laughs) shock appears on my face, and I am drugged before his majesty on the floor in front of the throne. At my feet. At her feet who is now sobbing into the lap of her majesty uncontrollably. And I'm at, at the feet, foot of the throne, at the, of the stage. He says, so, well, Count Talamar yes. volunteers his services to me in helping solve coaching. this. Coaching. Coaching me. Coaching him, yes. Yes. And... He goes, yeah. tell her you love her. I love you. Tell her you'll cross wide, wide rivers, wide rivers and, and climb mount- tall mountains. And then forward. I look over at her and I look back at him and he goes, yeah, you're right. I will cross small streams and low hills for you. <laughs> yes. And it goes on and on. And, and on, from that, yeah. at which point she looks over at me and Talamar and goes, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm thinking, okay, and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. at which point she acquiesces. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and that's how I became engaged at... <laughs> Valentine's Day Massacre. (laughs) It was great fun. Caristonia is a mutual friend of Lucia Braganza, who I hope to someday have tell stories of her own on the MK Storycast. When Lucia heard I was looking for stories at Simple Day, she insisted that I talk to Caristonia so that she could tell me about her daughter's adventures in A&S. My name's Lady Caristonia Ainsley. I have lived in both the East Kingdom and the Mid-Realm. I started in the East Kingdom 26 years ago, so I've played the game a long time. Uh, The story I'm going to tell today is, um, it's a Mid-Realm story. About 10 years ago, me and my husband had been out of the SCA for about five, and we went to a Renaissance Fair here in Indiana, and my daughter came with us, and she was 10, and she saw a lady fighter out on the field, and she says, Mom, girls can fight? I said, absolutely girls can fight. So we went over and we started talking to to the lady fighter, and I can't even remember the lady's name anymore. Rose probably would. So we went to fight practice, and the next day, and she saw people doing arts and sciences, and she says, Mom, people can do arts and sciences, do crafts? I said, well, yes, we do lots of crafts. She says, well, I like crafts. And then we came to our first event and there were people helping in the kitchen. And she says, Mom, you can help in the kitchen? And I said, well, yeah, that's called service, Rose. And she says, you can do that too? And I said, well, yeah, we need lots of people to do service. And she says, well, I'm only 10. I don't think I can do any of that. And I said, no, you're wrong. You can do every bit of it. So at 10 years old, my daughter started doing service in the kitchens. She would serve, help in the kitchen all day. She'd serve, help serve feast in the evening. She started uh, with the youth fi- fighters and started doing the youth combat. 
But the big story I always tell about her is that she started doing ANS. And her very first year in the ANS, she decided she was going to make a Venetian beaded necklace. Now, she did the cloisson beads, and she didn't make them because she was 10 years old. But she went and did all the research to figure out what kind of beads were the right beads. And so she went out and found those right beads, and she did a beaded necklace, and she figured out how, on her how far down her neck it was supposed to come. And she did it all, did it all out. And then we were going to go and enter the ANS competition with it, and she did all of her own documentation. And they said, well, we've got a kids' division. And she says, well, what's the kids' division? And they said, well, they come and tell you how awesome it is, and they give you a prize. <laughs> and she says, well, do they give me a score? Well, no, they just give you a prize. Do they tell me how to make it better? No, they just tell you how good it is. And she says, a 10. Well, that's not what I want. I, I want to know how to make it better, Mom. And I said, okay, does that mean you want to compete as an adult? And she says, well, yeah, that sounds right. So my daughter was one of the first youth to compete as an adult in the ANS back in 2010. In 2011, she did three projects. In 2012, she had decided that she was going to be do a full pentathlon. Now, a full pentathlon, for those who haven't seen it in the mid-realm, means you're doing one project from each of five categories. And Rose did five product projects. She finished five projects on her own. She did five sets of documentation, and she took it to Constellation Regional. And she came in. She got seconds in everything, except for one. She got a first in that one. And then she was the top stop ANS for the pentathlon at Constellation. So she got to go to Kingdom. At Kingdom, at 12 years old, she's competing against two adults, both of which who have their master's degrees. Both of which are now masters. Both are laurels at this point. Now the funny part about this was that the king and the queen at the time had made a decision before they ever went and saw the projects or knew who was gonna win, that whoever won the pentathlon that year would be their, their ANS champion for their reign. Which means that they were gonna be willing to make a 12-year-old mid-realm ANS champion if she had won. And that's a really cool thing. Now, that's cool for her and that's cool for the, the kingdom. But what I find coolest of all was that year Rose was the only child entered and she comp completed a pentathlon. She got seconds at everything at Kingdom. The next year there were three kids competing, all competing as adults, not one of them competing as a kid. And when I went and I asked them, they said, well, some 12 year old competed last year and if she can do it, why can't I? And so we went from two years earlier from her going, well, can kids do that? To kids following her and following in her footsteps. And that's what really brought back to me the magic of, the, of society. Because it's that wonder in a kid's eyes when they first, or even an adult's eyes, when they first learn they can do it and they can be whatever they want to be. Greetings, I am Brasselman Apitaliusen. I live in Sternfeld, the barony thereof, originally from the area of Blackhawk. I've been in the SCA off and on for 
a long time in the mundane calendar years, probably since the middle 70s. Um, so this is the story of how I found it. Listen. And it came upon one evening as I passed by a local inn. I stepped in and partook of refreshment and music for the minstrels were good and I enjoyed them. And at the end, it was time for me to go home. And as I walked out, there on the wall I saw a notice, a posting. It said, a meeting here to talk about different storytellers. And it intrigued me, for I have heard of some of these storytellers, and I have had, and I have partaken of some of their stories. So, when the night came, to meet, I met the hosts, and they were new to me, and I met other people, and they were new to me. And we talked, and we talked about stories, and the people who put them together, and told them, and it was a good thing. And by the by, after the meeting, the hosts brought out a manuscript book of images, very lifelike images. You could look into them and they looked so real, so, so real. And I saw people in armor I saw people with swords, those swords look kind of strange, but it was all wonderful and good and new. And they were telling me about things that they have done and other people that they have encountered and befriended. And I thought, hmm. This is something that I think I would like to get into so that I could live the stories that I have read about, the people that I have read about, the events I have read about. And so the people introduced themselves to me. The host was 
one William of the Slow Lightning. And his lady wife was Mistress Katrine du Bailey du Chat. And one lady there came to be Elan, the Dark of the Scarlet Lion. And other people I never saw again. But. But we continued to meet and talk about how things are supposed to be, how one is supposed to be accoutred, and other implements of, of necessity. And I enjoyed it, and I, I, I took it to heart. And it came to be that they were planning a trip to a place that I had never heard of called Northwoods. And it was supposed to be an event of one becoming a king. And this excited me and I was very anxious to go. And when I was there, I saw many people in armor, and I was... impressed with the fighting, and impressed with how everybody deported themselves, comported themselves, how they behaved. And I was ex excited beyond words. And one of the people who participated in this tournament, who bore a round shield with a gold background and a red dragonfly on the front, who was the victor of that tournament over one Sir Berenger. And that was my first encounter of being out in the world. Lo, these many years ago. There are days when I long for a Penzik I haven't had yet, where I get to lie in a hammock, swaying gently in the breeze, listening to Bredelwyn playing his harp and telling stories. Our stories today have come from Master Sigolf, Baroness Cambrida, the Honorable Lady Saradwin, Baron Thomas and Baroness Brigitte, Lady Carastonia, and Baron Bredelwyn. Thanks to all our contributors, and thank you, friends, for listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of the MK Storycast. Stay tuned for next month's episode, which will feature stories recorded at Baroness Wars held in late August in the wilds of the Midlands about house fires, mysterious households, old crown tournaments, as well as a few Penzik stories recorded in my Laurel's dining room. We're also preparing a special series of interviews with some folks we think you want to know. And after that, who knows? Tell us what you think. 
If you would like to record a story for our show, please visit us by searching for the MK Storycast page on Facebook and send us a message or visit us at mkstorycast.com. If you would like to support our work, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mkstorycast, where you can choose from a variety of tiers to help us in our mission to record the history of the Middle Kingdom and the SCA. Your support helps us by enabling us to travel, record, produce, and host this podcast. Thanks to everyone who supports us as a patron. Our Macenas supporter is the Honorable Lord Oswin Swan. All stories in this episode recorded by Andreas Blackwood, except where otherwise noted. Our intro, interstitial, and credits music is Amoroso by Musica Subterranea, all rights reserved. The MK Storycast logo is designed by Laura Gideon App Stephen. The MK Storycast is an independent production from the Paper Muse and is in no way affiliated with or beholden to the Society for Creative Anachronism or any of its ruling bodies. Until we next meet, thank you for listening. See you soon, and don't forget, everyone has a story.